a starship floating in desolate space. Once manned by an eight-person crew, there is now but two souls left. They continue to man the vessel as they lose track of the days as well their minds. That is until they come across a distress beacon. They approach it and find a container drifting in the cold embrace of the infinite black. Inside is a plethora of video games and movies from the late 20th century. Together, they make a pact. They will comb through each and every one of these and send a beacon. Okay, what? <sighs> Alright, no seriously. Uh, this is an awful plan. This isn't gonna work, guys. I don't even know what the hell you're thinking this is gonna accomplish. You're just gonna get out there and both die in space, and it'll be all for nothing. I don't understand what you're trying to do. This is Super 8-Bit. Hello and welcome back to the Super 8-Bit Podcast. I'm Dave. I'm Ben. Yeah, it's been over a year. We've been in, we've been cryogenically frozen for that amount of time. Quite a lengthy amount of time to... It's actually not that long for to be cryogenically frozen. It's, it seemed like five minutes, you know, just flew past. So what have we been up to whilst we've been frozen? Well, what haven't we been up to? You take it away because... Uh... It's all just rushed past me. Well, we, me and Benjamin of Loveland fame. That's me. That's him. We set up a film festival during during the alien invasion that happened. Biff. Yep, but <laughs> the name the festival is Biff, a Birkenhead International Film Festival. We won't go too much into it. You know, you're here for one thing and one thing only. And that's they're, they're here for the film festival and that's the only thing. Yeah, we, we've been quite busy with that. And then things got, things got um, on top of us. Whilst we were cryogenically frozen, life caught up to us. We we were uh, we were running well, and then life—it's like a tidal wave just crashed over. You great metaphor. I've always impl- I've always enjoyed Thank your you. metaphors, Ben, and that was uh, one of the one of the most uh, enjoyable ones you've said. Yeah, you, you like that poignant. It's like a yep. train we couldn't catch up to. You know, we were just trying to grab on, and we just did. Yeah, so uh, let's just jump straight back <laughs> straight into it, you, you beautiful bastards. You beautiful, oh, what are you? I was doing a Phil DeFranco uh, thing. I thought that was Jacksepticeye. No, no, I don't even know who that is. Phil DeFranco, he's, um, I think he was king at this, one point uh, in uh, in uh, human fourth, history. 14th century, he was a um, Tudor king, right after Edward III, Philip DeFranco. Correct, uh, don't fact check that. Uh, don't look it up, we don't, need, we don't need a fact checker, we've got one employed, thank you very much, um, Thank you, Steve, by the way, for fact-checking. Steve? Yeah. Big fact up to check Steve. that for me, Steve. Thank you. Oh, also, pour one out for Steve, because while we were cryogenically frozen, he died. Oh, God. Yeah. Steve! No! I, I sent him an e-card. Is he a poor guy? So I'd say, let's jump into it. What what games have you enjoyed over the last year or so? What is there anything you've been playing? Ooh. Maybe maybe an old game that you've come to? And... Yeah, I've, I've played old games. I've played new games. Uh... 
a game I've been playing lately, which I haven't played since I was a kid. Is a, I don't know if you've ever played the Paper Mario series before. Uh, I played the one on the Wii. Weirdly, I've seen one I played, but I enjoyed that, it. What's that one called again? Is that sti- Sticker? Something? No. What was it? I don't remember the name. It was on the Wii. It was the 3D. It was to do with the dimensions. Yeah, you like you like turn around it's like i have seen it before i've i've playing the one before it called the thousand year door on the gamecube it's like this cult classic gamecube game i used to i it's it's very rare now but i actually have it in a box just above my bed i keep it wow. there in a in a locked box a, a 12 locks it's got on it um but uh because it, it's worth a lot of money nowadays but it's my rarest game and it's a great game i've been playing it again been really enjoying it i like a mario rpg and yeah, it's been a big nostalgia hit for me. So that's what I've been. What is the writing like on that game? Because I remember on the Wii one, the writing was really um, tongue in cheek, and it yeah, was it like reminded me of Earthbound. <laughs> um, What's Earthbound? <laughs> I, we'll find out. I feel like within this next hour. Um, what was I going to say? The writing, yeah, it's very funny and witty, and uh, I'd forgotten actually how funny it was until I played it again. It does remind me a bit of like Earthbound and stuff like that. Where it's uh, it's an RPG that doesn't really take itself very seriously, and the combat system's quite interesting. It's like all about timed hits, and you've got an audience watching you, and you've got to like play up to your audience. It's very interesting. The Wii one, I think it was an action-based combat game. It wasn't like turn-based, if I remember right. Right. But I remember there was a giant chameleon boss that was literally an incel. What do you mean, literally? That was long before the incels existed. He did. He fe- I had Shigeru Miyamoto invented incels. He... <laughs> in, I've read that off- somewhere. In an office in Japan somewhere, he just came up with the concept. What if we had a man who was not a man, and that's how we came up with it? Is that what an incel <laughs> I don't think you know what an incel is. But... <laughs> it's a type of cake, right? Mm. Well, we'll work on that. Uh, yeah. You know what? At least you're not an incel from your definition. <laughs> um, that's what this podcast was that... about, finding that out. Uh, what have you been playing, Dave Games? Dave Games, that's my name. Dave Games. So I started playing in January last year. I played Dark Souls for the first time. What is so Dark okay? Souls? A lie. Uh, I don't know why I'm lying. Um, Are you lying? I, I tried to get into Dark Souls like twice before that since like 2012, and I just couldn't. It just didn't click for me. This time it did, and then I ended up playing every single Dark Souls game wow. in a row and completed wow. them. And have you completed every single Dark Souls game? You know. Uh-huh. Oh, except except for Demon Souls. Blood Bloodborne. I started Bloodborne, but my ps4 has become a netflix machine yes as all good sony machines yeah. will one day happen to them yeah. it could happen Sentence. to you if you're a Sony machine <laughs> yeah so um, you've played all the dogs you've played sekiro as well uh i played sekiro i haven't completed sekiro yet it's a very different game with a more like rhythm based but uh, and that's um i'd say i'm very good at dark souls now i think I've replayed them. I've, I've, I'm very, I'm thoroughly enjoying Elden Ring, which yeah. Uh, I was gonna say, I was gonna ask the big question: Have you played Elden Ring? I'm, I'm literally, I think, up to the last boss as of last wow. night. Wow! Well, yeah. congratulations. I'm clapping cheeks. <laughs> on on Elden Ring, yeah. Did you, and in did, life, did you find the Elden Ring? Uh, I found bits of bits and bobs of it. Yeah. 
near yeah. completion. Oh, fantastic. It's more I'm like a crescent, crescent ring at the moment. But... <laughs> what is a crescent ring? Big like, questions. You know, like a ring without bits of it. Huh. 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 Makes you think, don't it? Got any more questions for me, Chump? Yeah, let's switch to movies. What mo- have you? Is there any movies that have stuck out in the last year or so that um, maybe hadn't, you just hadn't caught before, uh, like an older movie that you've yeah. uh, really, really hit you? Really hit me hard. Um, like oh, and slapped old, you. Uh, like slapped me in the face. Doesn't have to be an old think... one. It could be something that's come out in the last year. But you know, my, I my was trying to think of an that. older one. I've, I, weirdly, I, I've seen some. Um, you know what I saw the um the other night? I think I'm going to find out. No, I want you to actually guess. I'm not oh. going to give you the answer. Paddington Bear. Oh, yeah, it's just so called Paddington. The first, the, f- the first Paddington is very good, but the second Paddington is better. That's not, oh. not what I was going to say. I will talk about Paddington if you want, though. It is a no, great, no. It's a damn good movie. You no. know what? Hugh Grant does such a good job in the second Paddington. Didn't know it is it. the role of he's the villain, and is it is the interest? role of his oh. career. You'd never think watching a film called Paddington that it would slap you that hard. It's got the emotional quality. It's funny. It's witty. It's the raw sexual story. energy we expect from Paddington. But uh, you, you know what? I wasn't even going to talk about Paddington, but now you've got me off on a roll. You know, I I love Paddington one. I love Paddington two. It is so good. If you haven't seen Paddington, you must go watch it right this minute because it's just that good. It's one of the best films of the decade. Um, Dave, any uh, films you watched any lately? Are you just going with Paddington now? Well, I was. I did pick someone else, but uh, I feel like Paddington, yeah. Okay, I, I Paddington. Did, I, did, I did see it in the past year. <laughs> <laughs> you did? Yeah, well, I watch it okay. every year. It's like a year tradition. Oh, okay. Jesus, okay. What, what holiday do you tie that to? Christmas, it's Paddington 2 especially, it's got like a sort of Christmassy feel and I feel like you're gathered around the TV, you're whacking on a bit of Paddington, you know, it's a good family, family fun for the whole family. My film is The Master, have you seen The Master? I haven't seen The Master, tell me more about The Master. So I'm big on like, I've seen pretty much every Scientology documentary that is out there. I've only seen the Louis Fru one, actually I've seen a lot in college growing up, but go on. Oh yeah. Louis Free's one is kind of like, not ironic, but it's like, it's called my Scientology film because there's so many. He's like, this is my one. It's just a big genre of Scientology. Yeah, there, I mean, I'm glad there's so much out there because it's such a fucked up uh, cult. Apologies to our Scientology <laughs> yeah, Please don't sue us. <laughs> Tom Cruise is turning off now. <laughs> he was our biggest he was, he was out, he's the only one funding this thing. Is Will Smith a Scientologist? He is, but I feel like he's not got anything controversial to talk about. So I feel No, like I feel like that's the only Will Smith thing we could talk about. So moving on. Oh, he did, he wasn't Hitch. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no one likes Hitch. So The Master, it's, it's based on L. Ron Hubbard, who created Scientology. It's not about him, but, you know, read between the lines. Um, it, I think it was Philip Seymour Hoffman, one of his last films. All I knew about it going in was Philip Seymour Hoffman was in it, and it was about Scientology, pretty much. I didn't even know the main character was Jaquin Phoenix. Joaquin? Joaquin, you know. Joaquin? About, I don't know what to say. Wha- you gotta get the Joaquin. Wha- I'm sure this is enjoyable to listen to. <laughs> <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix basically plays the same character as he was in The, the Joker. What's the joke? The that. Joker. I don't. I don't know. Is the that how it's pronounced? Joker. I wasn't. No, I wasn't meant to be doing like, an you're accent. You're gonna like do the uh, the ch- Joker. <laughs> Joker. <laughs> <laughs> so 
yeah, it's basically following him kind of getting muddied in and finding himself with all these strange people who are in this cult and he kind of he's kind of exploring who he is. He's quite a damaged person. He he's got like PTSD from uh, being in a war it's set in the 50s, I think. Yeah. Also, Johnny Greenwood does the soundtrack, which is amazing. It's a great soundtrack. Who's Johnny Greenwood? He's in Radiohead. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, and I loved, <laughs> and I loved him. Who's, who's the other guy in Radiohead, the singer? Uh, Tom York. Uh, Tom York. Yorkie. He did the soundtrack for Suspiria. Have you ever seen Suspiria? I've not. It's been on my watch, my, my ever-growing watch list. Very, very, very good. I recommend. Not over Paddington. Hold on, that was Free Verries. That was quite a very, very, one. very all right. Uh, ah, yeah. that this makes one very good. Scarecrow, yeah. What, what? Sorry, Strawman, yeah. <laughs> what was the first word you said? Scarecrow, yeah. Scarecrow. What are you playing at the moment, Ben? Are oh, you talking about right now? I'm talking about. Well, not literally right you're now. You're this we're, minute. We're, uh, not um, this minute. Last minute. You know what I've been playing? I've. Uh, I've I've gotten really into Lego Star Wars at the moment, the Skywalker saga. I'm conflicted. I didn't think I was going to play the game because I hate the new trilogy and I don't like supporting it in any way, shape or form. But um, I, I really like Lego Star Wars and it's very nostalgic for me. And I must say it is very good so far. All I've played is episode one. I don't remember what happens in episode one anymore. It came out a long time ago. I saw it at the cinema and I never saw it again. But I am really enjoying it at the moment. So Lego Star Wars. Uh, I've gotten. I played Jedi Fallen Order as well recently, and that got me more into Star Wars again because I had a, I had a bit of a falling out with it. Mandalorian got me back in, but yeah, I, I, I'm getting back into Star Wars slowly. The games have quite good lately. I've been doing a deep dive into Star Wars as well myself lately, uh, inspired by Mandalorian and Boba Fett. Um, been watching Clone Wars, trying to catch up. I only Love just the Clone other day Wars. watched the second of the new trilogy for the first time. The second of the new trilogy? Oh, it's in The Last Jedi. Did What did you think? Very controversial film. So this is obviously very late. <laughs> People very late, who, yeah. uh, did, that came out five years ago? I think 2017 it came out. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? <laughs> uh, I don't know why I put it off so much. Yeah, it's... I, I quite like The Last Jedi. Let me figure some points off the top of my head. I'm going to try and rapid fire this. All right, so, Luke Skywalker, obviously great, cool. Mark Hamill in that film. Oof, I had no Mark issue it. with Mark Hamill. Uh, I had issue with how some scenes were. Spoilers. Spoilers for The Last Jedi if you haven't seen it already. The fake out where you're like, you like where he has the duel with uh, Ben Solo and you're like, oh, is he... Oh, is he dead? Oh, no, he's fine. It's just a hologram. And then all the characters get like a false projection or whatever. And then he just dies anyway. It's like, what? You like, didn't like that? I, I, I no, kind of like that. I, I was like, I, I, I like off. how he like sort of transgressed into the force. It was like sort of quite. That's kind of what Ben Kenobi did as well. When he got hit, he dropped. Because he, he clearly didn't die. He just sort of like melted <laughs> into. Well, I mean, he died, you know. <laughs> How else was he going to die? I mean, in the same way that Luke Skywalker died, that's what I'd say about that. It just annoys me how they um, how they just faked us out and then killed him off anyway. It was like... I quite like the hologram bit when all the 80s I liked that, yeah. are shooting him. And then he's like, oh, shit, you yeah. didn't get me. And there's Whoops. a lot of clues, like the salt not moving when he walked about on the floor yeah. and his hair was different it it was the same as when kylo last saw him yeah 
Yeah, so there's a lot of little clues that you could have picked up, but it's so quick. And then, you know what? Yeah. I've got to watch it again. You're making me want to watch it because I saw it at the cinema and I didn't watch it again after that, but I did enjoy it. I didn't like the whole sequence with Finn and uh, Daisy, is it? Oh, no, it's Daisy Ridley. I'm thinking that. Rose, is it? But, oh, uh, yeah, Rose. Yeah, where yeah. they go to this planet, which is full of like gambling. And Are that. you talking about the casino planet? That was basically an episode of Clone Wars, just throwing in. <laughs> I didn't, it was I, a I filler episode of Clone Wars. I don't remember it. minding it. I remember it really took away from the actual. I kind of yeah. like how the story takes place over like a few hours in like a ship. I thought that was. It's a we. I I don't know if I liked it. It was a weird move for a Star Wars film. Yeah, it's very different to the other Star Wars films. Which I don't know if it's worth for gamble. You know what? It was a bit of a. It was very Ryan Johnson to do because he likes like a mystery like that, like you know, like a Knives Out sort of thing. Well, you know, he likes like you know like how it's all like in one ship and like it's not really so much a mystery, a closed like, off it's like a question yeah. it's like how are they gonna get out of this and then that lady just shoots the ship right through the other ship so okay that was cool I'm yeah, that was good that. That did was you cool. like snoke dying or were you uh... uh it was very um out of the blue i thought it was a good twist i was like wow i didn't expect this at all yeah, it was a good twist. That fight scene was cool. I didn't like how... Where, where, uh, yeah, where the... They're, fight, they're fighting the guards. Kylo and Rey. Rey. Yeah, they're fighting. They're fighting the Imperial Guards. Yeah. But the Imperial Guards, I didn't like how they basically did like Power Ranger type things where they each had a different weapon and they were showing it off. It was like, what? who's this for? Like, you it know, was very um, odd. People were complaining about how the Force was used in that movie to like sort of like... Uh, I didn't mind talk it. F- I really liked like the new changes to the force. Did and there was like Yoda was in the movie again. I was so I was. I was that happy was cool. That. That's fine. That yeah. was that was. And cool it was like well. the old Frank Oz puppet as well. I was like, yeah, it was very old school. Um, I haven't seen Rise of Skywalker. I'm oh, you haven't. Sca- I'm a little scared to watch it. To be I honest, feel like we should like, both watch because I'm scared to watch it as well. We should both watch because I hear too. it's fucking awful. And Say, it, I've heard. That I'm as just well. really scared. I've seen every Star Wars movie except Rise of Skywalker, so. Okay, we should I, definitely I, watch that together. We should watch it together. That's a good idea. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, it's yeah a good we'll idea. talk about it in the next podcast, which will be very. I want to. I want to, but yeah, it'll be in another two years. But uh, I want to. Um, before I play that episode in like a Star Wars, I want to watch the movie. Oh yeah, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to get it firsthand. That's why yeah. I watched it. Reason I was like, I should probably watch it by now. Yeah. Do you like the Force Awakens as well, or are you not? Um, I think I agree with a lot. Of what a lot of people said, where it was basically just step four. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just a copy of um, one of the previous films. Uh, I kind of hate J.J. Abrams as well. Like, I don't know how you feel about it, but... Um, He's very... Yeah, he just does the sit pumps the same shit out, doesn't he? Like, ish. I do, I'm I, a big Lost he, fan, but... Yeah. He's one of the shittest directors I think I know. What? He's a Super 8 um, star... All the, I've never he, seen his Star Trek. He did I've seen his... Well, actually, Matt Reeves did Cloverfield. He produced Cloverfield. Oh, did Cloverfield. he? What did, it was Bad Robot, very company, wasn't it? Isn't that J.J. Abrams? Yeah, company? it was J.J. Abrams' company. And, you know, what's that Super 8? Did he... Um, I uh, never saw no, no relation. Um, but, uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> that was the first J.J. Abrams film I saw, I think. I can't remember if it's directed by him or not. I think it's maybe produced by Spielberg. He's always trying to go for, like, a Spielberg thing. And a, yeah, he's trying to... And yeah. I get that. That's what, that's what I would say. It's like a... It's just like yeah. Spielberg films. Like, you, you know, know I don't even like Spielberg. That I like old Spielberg. I don't yeah. like new Spielberg. O- old Spielberg is like um, Raiders of the Lost Ark and Jaws and stuff like that. You know what? It's a date we're going to see The Last Jedi. What's it? Is that what it's called? 
No. What's no, it's called? called Rise of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker. Do you, do you know all the twists already? Because I already do. Or are you like fresh so to I'm it? Go- I'm, well, but what if I know different twists to you and we just spoil each other? Give me a clue about what you know and I'll give okay, you a clue about Okay, let me think. You know what? I don't think I do. Oh, okay, I do. I think I do. I'm do you gonna... know about Ray's heritage? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we I both know that one. So I'm not going to look at you. We're on camera right now for everyone. <laughs> we're, look, we're looking at each other, yeah. But from what I know, I think Palpatine has clones and she is also somehow related to Palpatine. Don't know who the fuck would have sex with Palpatine. Maybe you would, listener, but I wouldn't. Um, but anyway, that apparently might have happened. I did not know anything about the clone subplot. I might have made that up. Oh, I did. I did know about the Palpatine thing other than that. And I know that they go to a location that's in another one of the movies that's crashed into the sea. Do you know that? I'm gonna. I'm not going to look at it, but I'm guessing it's Camino. I don't know. Which okay, would make so sense you, if it so is you, Palpatine. So you don't know that one? I don't know. Okay, I won't spoil it then. Okay. We'll watch it together. And I know what Carl... Actually, I'm not going to say that. I know what colour lightsaber is. Is that what you can say? I think Ren goes. Ray, Ren. Ray. Oh, no, Ren is a character. <laughs> uh, I think Ray does go to the dark side. I might know that. I don't I know. I think. Because in The Last Jedi, like. Ben Solo and Ray have a bit of a relationship thing going on. I think they're going to play into that. In I the, think they're related, um, aren't they? I don't know. I don't think they're related. Okay, I think I'm making that. Like, I, I think I've just pulled a lot of this from fake. Have you yeah. seen Mega Sixty Four Star Wars trailer they did for Force Awakens? They did no, like I a fake trailer. I haven't. I keep pulling info from that, which does involve Palpatine's clone. Which so that maybe is where I've just completely. Is that where you've got your info from? Yeah. yeah. Well, I hope I... Dengar's in it. <laughs> Deng- Dengar's not in it. I want my fucking. <laughs> Um, what was I going to say? That's all I know about Rise yeah. of Skywalker. I well, we'll we'll come back in a week or so, or two weeks, whenever, whenever the next podcast is out, and we'll talk about what we think of Rise of Skywalker, which is the name. Yeah, correct. So let's jump into the showcase. episode we are looking at the 1994 cult classic game earthbound for the super nintendo uh the second of the highly popular mother series 
Uh, the Mother series is made by somebody called, and forgive me for my Japanese pronunciation here, Shigesato with Toy, uh, who is kind of a, uh, what would you call him, an author in Japan. You know, he doesn't make just games, he makes films. You know, he writes books, TV shows. He has his hand in everything, really. He has, he has his fingers in all the pies. Steve, don't fact check me. Um, but yeah, so he's quite a famous Japanese figure. And this game is very popular and has a huge cult following in Japan, as it does in, um, weirdly, um, Western regions as well. It's a, it's a game with quite a storied history behind it. It's kind of intimidating to just sort of like jump straight in and dissect that mountain. Um, so I'm just going to talk about the synopsis of the game for a bit. It's um, basically you're you're a boy called Ness who you will know from the popular video game series Super Smash Bros. Uh, you are essentially it's it's a strange RPG because you play as a small boy who you don't really do that in most RPGs. You play in a fantasy setting. It's medieval. That's it. So this is kind of a nice. It's a nice change, basically. I'm going on a tangent. I'm sorry, Dave. Back to the synopsis. You play as Ness, and your sole goal in the game is to defeat Gygus, who is the most intangible villain I've ever come across in a video game. It's not really like a physical person. He's kind of like a, an omniscient force who you have to defeat. It's uh, it's 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 very strange. Um. Just want to ask you, Dave. You know, before you jumped into Earthbound, you know, what were your preconceived notions of it before you actually played it? Did you know anything about the game? Uh, so before I played it, I, like you said, knew it was well regarded, well renowned. Sorry, well renowned. It was held in high regard. Um, I knew Nez from uh, Smash Brothers, like you mentioned as well, and I think everyone had the same experience with like, who the hell is this guy? Why is this random kid a playable character? <laughs> so that was my first experience. I didn't really look into why for quite a few years. Like, who he was, I mean. And then I obviously learned about Earthbound and Mother 2, which is its Japanese title. And there's quite a big um, cult following of, of yeah. this series. Uh, oh, it's, fan, it's huge. With a lot of fan translations going around. And in, in a sense, this game itself is a fan... Not really a fan translation. It's a, it, it's famous for its English translation. Um, I can't. I don't know the guy's it's, name. It, I I have it written down here. Don't worry. I've got your back. His name is his name is uh, Marcus Limbaum. He's this. He did this amazing translation of the game. It's even though it's a Japanese game, it's it's still funny when they translated over. Like they they trans transferred all the jokes over, and it's still got like the sort of dry humor. It has in the original. I'm saying it like I've played the original Japanese text when I haven't. <laughs> but yeah, that was my first impression. I knew it was well written. It was a really amazing translation. I knew it was a funny game. I knew it was a JRPG. And that that's pretty much all I knew, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was the same. I'd heard about it in Smash Brothers. And um, I, I'd watch, I used to watch this YouTube series called uh, Video Games Awesome. And they once played for it. And it just... Just watching someone play the game, you know, when that Onet music comes in, it's like the first town you're starting in the game. It just, it, it was just something so different. I, I'd never seen anything like that. It just made me immediately want to go out and play the game, which I did uh, via legal means because it's so easy to get a hold of. It's the easiest game 
<laughs> Why would that you I choose sh- any other means? <laughs> I should say that uh, uh, Dave played it on the uh, mini SNES, which it thankfully comes installed, and so people can play it again. And it just came out on the, um, the Nintendo Switch, uh, the SNES store, didn't it? There's a great Instagram page that I follow called Earthbound for Switch, and they posted every single day for about three, maybe two or three years, just uh, an announcement saying Earthbound is still not available for Switch. <laughs> um, and as soon as I saw that on the Nintendo Direct, it was coming. I went on that page, and they were they were chuffed. They're still posted, just to let everyone know it is now available <laughs> on the Switch. Um, but yeah, I think people were clamoring for it for some time because um, every time there'd be a new like Switch online SNES release, I'd always go into YouTube comments, and that's all they'd say. You know, release yeah. Earthbound. <laughs> Crazy People how long it, it took, but I'm I'm really glad. Uh, isn't the original on the NES? As well? uh, yeah, Mother and one. Mother Mother One, which um has a weird history as well. They did do the entire translation in the nineties uh, for Mother One, um, but they never released it due to the SNES coming out. Um, but you can they play did that translation. Yeah, they released it. So they released it on the Wii U and the Switch Store, which is great. And I've never played Mother One. I hear it's a lot harder to get into, so uh and obviously um there's Mother Free as well, which um Nintendo seems to hate and uh, <laughs> will never bring out an official translation, you know. But I think this is a good path to getting it though. I think, you know. Yeah. Yeah, and I I definitely thought this might be the I thought when they announced it on the Switch, you know, online store, they did announce Mother Free as well, but they just they're scared of it for some reason because it would be a huge game obviously i think they're just they're afraid of it i don't know why don't be afraid nintendo come on nintendo come on but um nintendo has a weird relationship with mother in western releases it's probably because earthbound didn't do that well when it came out i think there's also a lot of dark themes and stuff that might lead to some controversy but not to say it's not a light game as well yeah, it, it's a very, it's um, some things you have to read between the lines, but there's a lot of dark undertones there if you if you look properly. Especially the ending, which we'll get into later. But um, just uh, going on to the actual game, uh, I just want to ask you firstly, you know, um, what did you think of the main gameplay? Obviously, you've played an RPG, you've played a JRPG before, Pokemon was the last episode. Um, it, it's interesting gameplay wise with you know the modern weapons the store system the battle system as well is unlike any rpg the rolling hit points do you have any thoughts on all that so i'm not big on jrpgs obviously pokemon i've played things like that and digimon um i played a couple of final fantasies but it's not really um a type of uh, it's not the genre i'm into um i find it very repetitive and grindy um so it has to be a good story tied to it which i I don't really enjoy a lot of jrpg stories i'll be honest but like you said the combat system in this is so unique for example when you get hit or you hit an enemy their hp will physically roll and like a counter uh down or up which means there's literally a time essence to it so if you get ko'd you don't just go to zero you slowly tick down to zero and you know you're gonna die, but if you if you finish the fight before you die, you it stops and you live. It's, it's very interesting. It adds like a sense of panic. It makes me so stressed out. It's like because uh, you have to really quickly sometimes, you know, heal your team members while the counter's still rolling down. It's really cool though. 
my favorite bit of it. So uh, I mentioned Grandin before. It's such a. This came out in 1994, and it has a system yeah. in it where if you are over leveled for an area, if you walk into an enemy and you can one shot that enemy, you will just do it without even entering the combat. It'll just flash on the screen, and you'll get the XP. It's just just very Sup- forward thinking. Super helpful. Very helpful, especially when you know a lot of these times you go back and play an old game, and you like you just try <laughs> and adapt to the lack of quality of life updates. Yeah. that a game has but it's 1994 and it's got stuff like that and it it's just it has so the chuffed. um it has the auto fight system as well did you ever utilize that i don't think i did because i think it would try and use spells or yeah. what are they called sigh. <laughs> called spells. Sigh. it would try and use size all the time and waste all my mana which i needed <laughs> so i would just try and do it do it myself um yeah. which obviously wasn't a chore because yeah it was such a welcome experience it was very hard still but you know that made it all all the easier to grind it out the item management the only thing i don't like oh the item God. management it's so it's, bad it's one of the worst things about the game it's actually awful the so inventory of, like, system you, you do level up but the only the, the best thing to like improve your character is to get items and it, it's so mundane and boring that you're just like i'll buy this better one now like it's it's every town you go to you just wait until you get the next item and that i guess that'll be fine but the item management you can have like what like six you, items each per character and eventually you've got to like sort of get rid of things in your inventory so you've got to call your sister who owns a delivery company and you've got to like constantly cycle out stuff from your yeah. inventory. You're just begging for a new character just to have more space. Yeah, like, and, you, and you're just juggling items between characters. It's just such a chore. It really takes it out. And there's the some game. items like you can't get rid of, like the soundstone, and it's just yeah. taking up slots in your inventory. On top of that, they added like the money is basically pointless in the game after like the first chapter because you, you just gain more than you ever need uh, yeah. on the regular. Uh, so it's, it's just a pointless. Resource. It's um, it's good for when you die because um, your your uh, entire party just just they're still dead after your game over. So yeah. you like you've got to revive them, and that's a lot of money. But it is very annoying. I hate but it's just with- uh, something else to sink your infinite. I, I, I don't into. like how you have to withdraw and deposit it. I yeah, really find that annoying. quite. Nice. Although it does add to the like world building. It, of the yeah, game it adds to the world building, and definitely. your dad depositing the money into your account. Every Hello, son. Day. I've deposited a fa- <laughs> ten thousand pounds into yeah. your account. <laughs> <laughs> and then on top of the item thing, I was saying uh, there's so many random and rare, like really incredibly rare drops from some enemies that people. People grind. I, I looked it up and people were like, oh, I've been trying to grind this item. It's like, and I'm wondering why, because you get a replacement item so quickly in this game. There's literally no benefit. And it's not like you get a visual element to it where you're like, oh, that armor looks cool. That's it, another, it's yeah. It's so hard. I don't know why people are grinding. That's another like. part of the battle system in the game because um, a lot of RPGs, you could see your character fighting like the enemy. Yeah. In this game, it's like a first person perspective of you facing the enemy which may be a little jarring at first. What did you think of it? Um, it just felt, I felt like that was more of a, just a sign of the age of the game. Like a, a, a lot of old classic um, RP, JRPGs and turn-based games are kind of like that. It's a bit like Dragon Quest, isn't it? The yeah, they exactly. They have the same yeah. thing, yeah. And I don't know, it was old Final Fantasy, original Final Fantasy? No, like F- Final Fantasy's always been looked from the side on. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, um, Dragon Quest and things like that. It wasn't too difficult of a game, but I enjoyed it. It was welcome for 
people of all ages, like the humour was there, the dialogue was so well written, the, the universe was amazing. I was going to say, did you like walking around the world in each of the uh, different towns? Yeah, the, the, we'll obviously come on to the music later, but the music's mm. so good, the environments it's are so, so different be- between each other. Um, yeah, it, it's just a nice place to walk about. Just talking, I just like walking about talking to just random people, It's just because yeah. it's a very funny game, and you just always get stuff... Like people like who aren't interested in the game and are trying to tell you a completely different story and things like that. It's just, it's yeah. very. I don't want to say random because that makes it sound not funny, but it's sort of uh, it's unexpected in the best possible way. Yeah, That's what it's, it's very uh, fourth wall breaking. Um, but yeah, the dialogue. I it's one of it. Like usually in JRPGs, I will not talk to anyone i'll be like okay i just want to get from a to b but yeah i wanted to talk to everyone because it's such a strange game and i, I loved hearing what everyone had to say the, the world it puts you in is like very it's just so good probably it brings me on to my next um question for you. you know um what did you think about the actual story itself it's quite a big one to unpack but uh you know main impressions I think the story is pretty insane. Like it throws you straight into it um, in the middle of the night. It's quite eerie. Um, With pokey and a yeah, you're being tasked by a, a an alien fly. Uh, um, buzz 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 to who, who rest, rest in peace. <laughs> yeah, he dies like straight off a bat, um, but he's very powerful somehow. <laughs> he's from the future. Yeah, and he, it's <laughs> such a weird premise. You're just a kid, and you get thrown into this situation. So you're very much in Nez's shoes in that in that regard. Yeah, the, the the story gets increasingly more weird and strange as you encounter cults and the uh, what what what's the cult called? The blue blue, blue blues or something like I that. I can't even remember. To be honest, like, it's so it's, dry. it's like a feed. The whole game is a feed game, <laughs> and you go into other dimensions, and then there's a, a oh whole, Moonside. I forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, there's a, a monastery where Pooh lives, and he's that king. Oh, he's that prince. Oh, and that bit where that where that guy breaks your arms, legs, and takes your yeah. sight, and that's such a weird. I, I really bit, liked it, but it? it was so odd. There is a like a his his master. You get you. Draw a test where he's basically like, I'm gonna kill you, you'll lose your legs, and he's like, You'll lose your sight, you'll lose your limbs, you'll lose your state of consciousness. It's really heavy, it's very uh dark, isn't yeah. It? And you've just got to agree to it, and then he's like, Oh, you passed the test, and it's like, Okay, yeah. And then all the Mr. Satins, I love how their oh, Satin Valley, their font was different, there's a lot of thought gone into it. It's such an interesting font that they speak in, just to indicate. Like, oh, it's kind of like um, wingdings, isn't it? <laughs> like, kind of, yeah. It's very curly and twisty and like cursive. You, you have know. to like sort of squint your eyes to read it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's very like it's like like I said, it's so forward thinking. I'm wondering how that looks in in the original version of the game. If they could really get across a different style of like Japanese no text, but no yeah, idea. it's very unique in this instance. Do you have any other like favorite parts of the story? You uh, you know, that's uh, not talk about the ending yet because it's like its own yeah. separate thing. But uh, you know, you just standouts. I think Moonside was probably my favorite because it's like an, when I you've didn't got to know what was going to happen. I just got put into <laughs> another dimension, another like negative version of the city, and I'm being attacked by um, Dali clocks and. Just random objects. That... I love it when you fight the speed limit side. <laughs> yeah, there's just <laughs> random objects now attacking you that were just objects in the in the normal world, and then you're like, okay. <laughs> and it's so odd. 
it's very You've, creepy and eerie and the music just adds that music in the moonside but is so like oh it's just it's really creepy and everyone answers in opposites as well <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. yeah i forgot about that that's the <laughs> bit where you get teleported all over the map isn't it yeah it's, yeah, a, it's jarring but the whole game is so odd <laughs> <laughs> it's, like you said it's a bit of a fever dream do you like the fuzzy pickles guy the guy that takes your picture every two minutes yeah I, I don't think I own oh no. Yeah, so you get pitch. This guy just pops up out of nowhere and music plays. And I guess <laughs> it's a good indication that you're making progress because sometimes yeah. you're a bit lost and you have to backtrack sometimes. But you're not sure if you should be backtracking. But he'll pop yeah. up and he'll take a picture of you. Yeah. And it, at the time, you're just like, sure, whatever. But then when you think about it, as someone playing it nowadays, there wasn't like, I don't think there was a game by camera until the n64 oh you know more about that than i do yeah so there wasn't like in my head the whole time i was like oh this is probably like secret print print out of pictures at the end of the game or something no so like why are they They, so well they they show you the pictures in the credits don't they they? do but like as the game's going on i'm like what are these going to be used for (laughs) you thought it's going to be like some huge uh, like thing you could just print out your favorite pictures or something the final boss is that guy the fuzzy (laughs) (laughs) you finally found me (laughs) More pickles where that came from. But <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I find it quite annoying. I- I'm just going to talk about the things about the game I find annoying. I find that annoying. I find um, the bicycle annoying. I find it really annoying because you get to Tucson and you're like, finally a bicycle, I could stop walking so slowly now. <laughs> you get the bike and then immediately you get Paula and then it's like, oh, you can't ride the bike anymore. So you stop riding it. It's so useless. I don't think I used the bike to be honest. It's got that music the da 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 Remember that? No, I don't think I used a bike. <laughs> I don't think I used it at all. Used it once and then threw it away. I think so, yeah. I thought, uh, is it, did it take up inventory space? It takes up inventory space, so you immediately wanna you immediately wanna be axing that out, you know? I hate how you have to call your actually I don't hate it. I think it's interesting. You know how you have to call your mum if you get homesick? Or it'll affect that your ability was, in battle? Yeah, it, I think it only happened to be three times because when I became aware of it, I did it. Oh, no, no, it definitely added to the... Added to, added to the uh, it added to the world building again. Yeah, I was definitely. fine with it. But if you, if, you, if you somehow didn't work out that was why it was happening, then yeah, you're going to have a bad time because you, your stats would go down. Your character just wouldn't fight if, if you hadn't called your mum in, in a while. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you, as long as you call your mum like every couple of hours of did, gameplay. Did, did you like uh, Ness's dad and the way he calls you every hour and he's like, uh, why are you working so hard, son? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah he's like, you, you should talk, quit long, your game. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you play too long, your dad gets called out, which is really interesting because I don't know if there were other games doing that at the time, but the Wii, if you remember playing on the Wii. Yeah, the, uh, oh, it just reminds me of the Wii, yeah. It reminds you every like 15 minutes, like you need to, yeah, give your eyes a rest. Um, I think Ness's dad is quite funny. He's cat. He's like, uh, you like to work like you like to work hard like your mother, but I don't think it's good. It's good to work too hard. And he just hangs up the phone yeah. every time you say. Yeah, I think my, uh, the dad might be one of my favorite characters, even though you don't even see him. Yeah. But it's just exactly. It's just a phone. It's hilarious. You get you get your um dog in the game as well. You get to name your dog at the start. Uh, when you start the game, you get to name your favorite thing, your favorite food. Your fa- and your and your you get to name your pet basically. What is what was your favorite thing incidentally? I thought, I thought, what was my favorite thing? I 
think I put Lego. Sai <laughs> <Sorry>, Lego. <laughs> Lego or Magic the Gathering cards. <laughs> I think my, I think mine was Jambalaya the first time, and and I think one time I put. Oh no, because you get to choose as well what your favorite food is. Food is. I and I must have put that as jambalaya. Wait, what did you put? Karma. Karma. <laughs> That's so funny. It's like <laughs> such a British thing. It's such an American, like Japanese game. <laughs> Come down, Ness, your karma's ready. <laughs> like it's not actually a British thing, but it is. It's like the most British thing I could possibly think of. <laughs> it's like Donna Kebab cool. or something. Your, your karma's ready, Ness. <laughs> gets his baseball man. Uh, I, I think I yeah I don't remember what I put anymore it's too long ago but I, I like I also call him a dog Lola as well after my dog after Dave's real life dog which uh, yeah I, I don't remember what I called my dog must have been something very witty and funny I, I remember yeah I, I like the story a lot I like how it's got a lot of humour but it, it's got like a lot of heart as well and you you do get like a bit um I don't want to say emotional and put words in your mouth. No, I, a... I I agree. Uh, one bit that springs to mind is when you're looking to save Paula, and then it's a bit. I think it's a bit wacky. There's like zombies. Am I remembering that right? With zombies. Is that is that in Freed? Yeah, I remember there being zombies everywhere. Zombies in Freed. I remember in Tucson, you have to rescue her at the cult place. Yeah, the blue the, blue. I think cult. there's a bit of zombies there where you take her back to her family, but then she gets kidnapped. And her dad, like, has a heart-to-heart with you about, like, finding his daughter, but then the music just changes to something really, like, sad while he's talking, and you're like, oh, uh, okay. like, <laughs> the really tone. Your guard, and then it's a bit sad, and then you're like, shit, I need to find his daughter. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, yeah. I, I had a load, a load of moments like that in the game. I liked it when you, like, stop in the Saturn Valley, like, um, like spring, and it, like, comes yeah. up with, like, your progress so far. It's like, keep going, this. That's a cool moment. Yeah, I like it. I like it when you read your thoughts on the wall, and it's like, that's a really cool bit as well. Yeah, that was uh, it's very fourth wall breaking, where it just says like your name and Nez's thoughts are on a big kind of screen. It's it's a nice moment. It's quite near the end of a game, but it's like a nice, pleasant moment of reflection. Yeah, it's like at the seventh. I haven't even said yet. Yeah, the aim of the game is to go to eight different sanctuary locations. To put together a song that's going to stop Gygus. I should have mentioned that right from the back. Yeah. Well, but, we, we, we talk about music. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's a good segue. For uh, you, you like that segue? Uh, hit, hit me hit me up. Uh, what did you think of the music? Go on. So the music, like, I'd say is like 50% of why the game is so good. It's, um, it's so good. The music sells the game. And the sound effects as well, which are amazing. When you hit it, someone with the bat and it makes the crack noise, is yeah. there any more satisfied feeling? The SNES sound chip is just so good. I'm always constantly surprised by the SNES looking back, like how yeah. advanced it was. It was very was. like orchestral, like where like the Mega Drive was more like like grungy and underground. It was like heavy bass. Some instances where the sound effects come into play, like very the beginning when somebody's knocking on your door, it, it genuinely like shits you up because it's when so when pokey like, keeps knocking yeah yeah and it's like do do and it's so like fuck when when uh pokey and picky get beaten up by their dad uh right after oh that oh my god with the yeah, belt. Yeah. <laughs> you forget about features domestic abuse 
feel like all the footsteps, I think you can hear footsteps, I might be wrong on that, but um, yeah, there's just so much like sound sound design in this game, and like it really puts you in the um, in the zone, like near the beginning of the game when there's like a lack of audio, it's just some am- weird ambience, and you can hear like bugs in the background, and like just like uh, humming of like vehicles, and like a spaceship or like it, it's very eerie just thinking about the sound effects now like i, I i'm like picturing things and i know the exact sound that comes to mind like i know what the magic butterfly sound is yeah like uh, i i know what the sigh sound is i know what the sound is when you get hit i know what the sound is when you die like i've never thought about it, but the sound effects have like a huge role in the game definitely it's so it's so unique as well it's just it's just incredible um it's yeah <laughs> yeah it's 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 actually astounding and that we didn't even talk about the actual music now we're just talking no, sound, effects. Just sound effects like, i definitely wanted to bring up the sound effects up they are so good so the the music my first, i'm just gonna name a few of my favorite songs just, just hit me hit me top five let's go there's the sanctuary guardian which is every boss battle before the sanctuaries which you're going to eight of is it yeah eight there's eight yeah that's that's the one that's like doom, 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 It's very kind of low ambient bassy. It's like which I never knew. I knew that from like memes. Like I'd heard that used in memes, but then when I heard it in the game, I was like, "Holy shit, that's from Yeah, I was like, "Shit," and I love that noise. It's so satisfying. Like I love the bass. It's so good. Oh, I didn't even mention the band. Oh, the what are they called? The Something Five. The Runaway Five. Runaway Five, that's yeah. it, yeah. They're, you can hear when they're playing in the band, you can like hear every instrument. It just feels so it's so good. Like it's you can just when, hear every individual instrument they're playing. And you it, go to see just, them twice in the game, don't you? Like it's, it might be more than twice. And then they, they rescue you like a number of times, like in four yeah, side and after stuff. Running away. Yeah. <laughs> Another song, Battle Against the Weird Opponent, that's similar to Sanctuary uh, Guardian. Remind me again just, how that one goes. I can't even remember. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's so it's equally bizarre and odd. It's is that the one that's like Yeah, it is. I mean, it's like it, they really do a good when you're fighting like weird alien presences. The music very much reflects that. It, 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 like it just changes. To and when it's like joy. a really like difficult enemy, you get like that hard music as well. I can't yeah. remember it again. Please. Or a lack of music later on. Yeah, Ooh. So. Other good music, there's Get on the Bus, which is literally the bus music when you're traveling fast between that, areas. How does that work? It's like. Do, 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 oh, and it's got like a tone, it's like. Yeah. So Really jazzy. It's so I remember oh, I accidentally went to the wrong place once and I was like, you know what, I don't mind. I, I, don't, I, don't, e- I don't even care. <laughs> I don't even care. There's On It as well, which is oh, yeah, the so first time music. That's so satisfying. The, like the, you, the, you mentioned the, it before, it's just. Instantly recommend. When when you come out the house and it's daytime and it's like dun 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 dun, dun, dun and then the music starts, it's like wham, I'm on an adventure. Yeah, it picks like up as you're taking every step, you're just like, yeah. And you're walking like dun 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 It's so good. I mean you can see a look and it, it, it I think it incorporates like the hustle and bustle of the town as well. Yeah. It feels busy. With all the cars and the people yeah. walking around. And the dogs and stuff and yeah, it feels busy. Like oh, who's time. that like that gang you fighting on it? It's like a, like a weird yeah, and they're like on pogo sticks and stuff. Yeah, got so what? They're called like the Go Gang. Like they look like the um, annoyed. 
<laughs> you dominoes. You fight. You fight their leader, and he's got a knife. He's like called Frank or something. <laughs> yeah, then he, like, becomes your, then he becomes your friend. <laughs> yeah, I thought they're in an arcade, aren't they? He's got a robot. <laughs> The final song I could think of uh, was Welcome to Your Sanctuary, which plays every time you beat a boss and get yes. into the sanctuary. It's a very satisfying song. It, it just like feels rewarding as you collect the new piece of the main song. I love that one. It's very chill. PTSD or was there a bit where we fed a monkey bubblegum? Yeah, you feed a monkey bubblegum and he like floats up and that's when you're Jeff and Winters and that's how you get onto the Loch Ness Monster to go across the lake to the dungeon where the guy makes the dungeons who's called Dungeon Man who later in the game actually becomes a dungeon. Oh that? my god, yeah, that's so <laughs> And weird. you go inside him to get a yeah. submarine so you can travel to a swamp. It's such a weird game. And you go past a kraken as well. And you go back and you fight a kraken. What a strange game. I like I like talking about the game like that, like how you get from like point A to point yeah. B. And it's just really strange. It sounds like, like you're just making it up. But no, that's actually like how it happens. <laughs> like in Freed, okay, in Freed, you sleep in a hotel... You follow a prostitute into a hotel, you sleep in the room, and then you get ambushed by a bunch of zombies who put you underground, and then you telepathically connect with a person called Jeff, who's in Winters. It's just like crazy stuff like that the whole time. Wow, it's crazy. And do you remember like fighting like the Belch guy in Freed? He was like a pile of sick. Oh yeah, he pops up again. Well, the type of enemy. Is there a bit where you find out like half the NPCs are like clones and vats or something, or you find them dead in vats. We might be getting confused with Rise of Skywalker here. I do, I do not, <laughs> <laughs> I do not like, know. I'm pretty sure there's a bit where you're in it, like an underground cave with one of his slime monsters, and you find loads of vats with old NPCs and they're being like consumed. Oh, and you're yeah, like, yeah, no, I do. I don't remember what, it, what is happened. It's it very dark. Like all the villagers have been kidnapped or something and they're all underground in a factory. I don't remember what bit of the game is, but I know and you And then I think they them. one by one get consumed and you're, you just watch. Oh my God. I'm, I'm like forgetting it, but I do remember doing that. Yeah. It's, and it's really sick. It's really... Anyway, they're all our favourite music tracks in the game. Just talking about the tone of the game, like I know we've touched on it, but like, like, hit me up your general thoughts on the overall tone. We've mentioned it's been light, it's been dark, but like, do they combine well together? So the tone is very light-hearted, but like I mentioned, there's some genuine moments where Paula's dad stops you, and that like kind of cuts through the jauntiness of the game, and you're like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> one of the heaviest bits I think is there's an early part in the game where you're freeing a town from a cult. That's pretty heavy. That got me thinking. As somehow I've mentioned earlier, we talk about a master in this part in this episode. Uh, I've got like an interesting cults and weird things like that, like how they get started and stuff. In Japan, there was a lot of like random cults starting up. It was one around that time the game was released, and probably another one as well. Um, I'm gonna butcher the pronunci- pronunciation. Um, Shinrikyo cult. They did a lot of terrorist attacks. Uh, two, I think. Um, they did one in 1994, the year this game came out. And they did one in 1995 as well, a year after, which was like the final nail of a coffin of them. I think they still exist in some form, but yeah. 
they committed sarin attacks across Tokyo's subway system and released a lot of like noxious gases in in Tokyo through the subway system so people couldn't escape. Yeah, so I'm unsure if they've based these cults on the fact of where these cults... Like, I mean, it must be based on something. Well, I have a follow-up fact for you on this. um, But I know that the game was censored in the Western releases... Because they looked too much like the Ku Klux Klan in the yeah, original I version. Because <laughs> they had like more of a hat in the original version. But it's yeah, they've made it more Father Christmassy in the Western yeah. version. And they've got like something written on them. I don't remember what it is. But yeah, it's 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 censored. So it's definitely like it's definitely based on cults. I mean, it seems like Shigesato Atoy just takes from all walks of life when he's creating I don't want to say his art to sound too pretentious, yeah. but well, it's a very Western game. Like, the game is clearly... As in, the game, the setting is clearly meant to be, like, well, American. Well, it takes place but... in somewhere called Eagle Land, which is obviously America. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's obviously, like a, like, a parody of, like, America and, like... American uh, culture. Yeah. It's, it's the game so... gets, like, a lot darker than that, and it's all beneath, like, a cute aesthetic. Like I said, based on typical American towns and cities. But it's got like a very surreal tone like it's carried throughout the whole game. But it then like it keeps a strong sense of silliness as well. Like so it catches you off guard when it does get heavy. It's very jarring. Ties in well to like, you know, what Ness is trying to do. He's like trying to keep afloat in this like he's trying to keep everything light in this really heavy situation. Like it's kinda it's definitely what the game's going for. Like this all throughout the game, just like this, like I say, omnipresent evil that people keep talking about. It's it's gotta be the most intangible like villain I've ever fought in a game. It's it, it's just yeah. uh, just the whole time you're playing the game, you're like, what is Gygus and who is Gygus? Yeah, because you're in the same boat as Ned. You're just like, what why am I doing this? And then everyone's just like, oh Gygus, and you're like, oh, okay, like So it it it, it yeah, as you get further on in the game, it gets more weird. And I guess I'll talk about the later half of the game here. So once you get all your um, soundstones, you get your melody, and then Ness goes into a dream, his own dream, where he can see versions of his past self, his courage, just people he's like met in the past. It's very surreal. And you get to do that classic thing in most games do, where you fight a shadow version of yourself. Which is a statue, an evil statue you've come across the whole game. You've got to fight yourself, which is a statue. <laughs> it sounds bizarre. But um, I, I have another sense of... You're actually naked in the Japanese version of this bit, but you're uh, oh, in pyjamas okay. in the Western version. Just another sense of fact for you. But it's really strange. You fight your statue, and then you fight your statue to kind of get rid of the evil in yourself. It's very strange. I'm gonna keep I saying, have to do that at least once a year. Fight the evil in yourself. Yeah. Get your eight sound stones. You know, it gets just, easier every year. It's just a Friday night, you know. Just got to get to your eight sanctuary locations. <laughs> Mine are all in the same place, so quite got lucky. <laughs> and then once you leave the dream, um, you discover where Gygus is. <laughs> it gets really hard to explain. But you find out that Gygus is actually attacking you from the past. You have to travel back in time to fight him, but human matter can't pass through this time-traveling machine. So you have to transfer your mind into a robot 
So, so your entire group, you all transfer yourself into like these robot bodies. I should have probably said spoilers before this because this is the entire ending of the game. I mean, if every episode <laughs> is a spoiler. <laughs> You've got this one, but if you haven't played Earthbound, I'm going to say stop listening and play it if you want to experience this crazy ending for yourself because it's one of the maddest I've ever played in my life and it's worth just playing through fresh. But I'm going to say it anyway, but... um. You basically go into the past, this cave of the past where Gygus is attacking before he's even born, essentially. And you go... <laughs> How would you describe this bit of the game, Dave, where you're like walking through this cave of the past? It's almost like dystopian, even though it's in the past. And it just gets weirder and weirder. You just see this giant amalgamation which you're going inside of. Yeah, it gets like weirder and weirder. And eventually... After fighting all the enemies, you you walk up this pile of intestines, come to Gygus, who's stuck in a machine. And the first thing you see is Ness's head inside of Gygus. And Pokey's there, who you've been fighting the whole game. Pokey's sort of like your arch. He's kind of like your Gary of the game. Yeah, he's literally <laughs> your Gary. He's like a rival kid who's just a bit of an asshole. But like, he gets like really twisted throughout the whole game and like... Gen- legitimately like his body is morphed and he becomes like really corrupt and evil and like, I think a part robot as well like yeah he's like Greg at the end of the game isn't he he's like yeah. really fucked up but it's kind of sad you, you sort of fight Pokita and Gygus um, it, the music in that fight I've just got to mention is some of the best I've ever heard when you fight yeah. Pokey like that heavy metal stuff and then during the actual like final fight as well, like the music just stops at points, I believe. And then it's just that final bit when um Pokey turns off, like I think he he calls it like it's like the way they like control Gygus, but he he turns it off, and then like the game gets like the most fucked up I've I've ever seen in a yeah. SNES game. Like the um it's so surreal, the entire screen starts distorting, and you can't like physically comprehend Gygus's attacks. Because you don't even really know what you're attacking. You're you're essentially fighting the screen. Yeah. It's like you're fighting the game. It really breaks the fourth wall in that bit. But the like you said, it distorts a lot. And I think it just shows off the um, graphics chip for SNES. Um, what it can do. It just really gets so twisted and strange. And um, it's very trippy. Um but it really made use of it. I kept finding myself more and more impressed that this was on a SNES. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's 94. And, you know, yeah. reviews of the game said it was bad graphics back in the day, you know. So really? just, goes really? to, just goes to show it's like a big reason why reviewers didn't like it. But it just goes to show they didn't like see They the probably meant thing. like the cute aesthetic, maybe. Yeah, it kind of looks like an eight. It game a little bit. Yeah, I think it's very. Um, maybe uh, I don't know if it inspired game uh, franchises like this, but like you know, like the Adventure Time uh, type crowd, Gravity Falls, where it's all like <laughs> cute aesthetic, but it's actually more. There's a dark it. undertone. Throughout. Not even just dark, just more mature um, content beneath it, beneath the surface. It it doesn't represent what. First impressions don't do it justice, basically. It's like, that's the type of tone. And I think Undertale, obviously, which was very much inspired by It's, it's almost a, It's almost a sequel to Earth. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. It, that is very much, um, carry, kind of carries that torch. Yeah, it's like a, to- a whole genre in itself. I don't know what you'd call it, but it's like mature, kind of cartoony. I've never thought about it in terms of that, but you can see like shows like that are influenced by things like Earthbound. I... Yeah, it's like an innocent approach to heavy stuff. 
it's got a wide, long-lasting legacy. Just going back to the ending a sec, um, the way you um, beat Gygus, because none of your attacks end up doing anything. You have to. Paula has this prey ability in the game. So didn't you have, use it once. Didn't it took use me it so for... long to <laughs> figure out. I didn't even know it healed, but it heals you. I didn't yeah. know what you knew that because there's loads of moments where I just died a lot. Didn't uh, even know what it did. It's useful. There's a lot but... of spells where you just don't know what they do. We that haven't even got into enjoy. like in depth on the psi abilities, but that's um, what I meant. I keep whenever whenever I say spells, I mean yeah, RPG talk. I got yeah, I got it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so you have to pray to get out of the situation and. All the praise to um all the different people you've met throughout the game. And they sort of like pull their creative energy into like destroying Gygus. And then yeah. finally, like Paula actually prays to the player. And then it says your name out loud, oh, yeah. which is really strange. And then yeah, that's how you beat Gygus. He he goes down. It's in one of the most like I, I can't like uh accurate orally describe what happens there you just have to see it but like the entire screen sort of crumbles and turns off it's just a great way like the whole like you said reflecting across everyone you've met on this adventure it's just such a good way to include that in the final battle it's like uh, very cinematic it makes you you know think about what it reminds you of the journey you've been on in the game no i I agree with you i think like a big part of the game is looking back on like different parts of the journey you've been on so far and like taking a look at what you've done and what you've accomplished. And that's one of the main reasons I like playing it. Sometimes I play a game and I feel like, why the fuck am I wasting my time? But sometimes you play a game like this and you feel very rewarded and it's really nice to play through it. I definitely recommend it. It's it's just such a good experience. It's always been on my list, but I wish I'd played it earlier. Yeah, it's... um, Yeah, I do... I want to ask as well, it's so kind of a question out of left field, but do you have any, um, I know there's a lot of theories about the ending of the game, but do, did you have any like takes on it or anything like that? Um, I remember read before I had even played Earthbound, uh, I knew that a lot of people were saying, oh yeah, the ending it represents an abortion whatever i feel like it's just a, I, I, it's think, a I think it, i think i think a toy like debunked that rumor think it's yeah not. like that just like now that i played it like i don't know how people got that other than it looks like it looks kind of like a fetus yeah yeah but that nah like that's ridiculous uh, i think it's doesn't fit a plot whatsoever <laughs> it's like i think like ness has like a part of gygus like inside himself or he sort of almost is gygus i think after watching evangelion um <laughs> i think it's very similar to evangelion in that it's like it's more about him in my opinion it's more about him just defeating himself and like the negative aspects of himself it's a very like self terms of himself he's sort of like fighting himself the whole time yeah, yeah and it, that crops up multiple times in throughout the game like so i but i don't think they've gone that heavy with it and i, I like it that they've left it ambiguous and i i always appreciate media that has ambig- ambiguity I, I hate it when people tell you exactly what something is it really annoys me yeah it, like people who are like oh the, the dark Secrets of Rugrats and stuff. Dark like, secrets I don't of care Rugrats. about your weird fan theory of it. It's Angelica's dream. Like she, she's not in a coma. It's just a, a show about kids. It's, it's Angelica's dream, and we fucking know it. <laughs> <laughs> and we can't escape. But yeah, that, that that's the ending of the game. Anyway, it's um if you haven't if if you if it interests you, please go out and play. Uh, I pretty much knew that ending when I played it as well. And you still like? Didn't, the game. It doesn't change. The weird journey you're on, so 
don't worry about I that think, if you listen to this episode. I think a big part of this game is like actually going on the journey for yourself and not like hearing two fucking idiots talk about it. I think like I don't know who that who you're referring to, <laughs> but I think it's it's so strange and there's so many different places and people you meet that it, it, it can't really be. Um, there's no way we could spoil it for you because it's just so odd and strange. That you, you need to see it. Yourself. I mean, there's there's so many things we didn't even talk about, like the third strongest mole in the game and things like that. And you know, yeah, uh, this loads of it's just. You just need to play it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. I can't. Just play it, guys. What are you waiting just for? Just fucking play it. Do you, do you, there's, um, n- there's nothing le- left on this podcast we've listened to. <laughs> just go straight to I'm, your I'm, nearest SNES I'm, store. Pick up that. Pick as up as uh, Frasier did in that one episode. Uh, but, um, You're going to have to <laughs> explain more of it. Go on. Uh, uh, found is uh, in an episode of Frasier. I oh wish I had God. the episode and season number in front of me, but um, it's in the background when Fraser and Niles were in a toy store, and a kid pick, <laughs> and a kid picks it up and puts it back. What? I know one of the rarest games ever made. Picks it up. I'm sure it, it was rare at the time as well. It's it's um I don't know if you've seen the original like box, but um because it came with like this huge players guide because they thought Americans were too stupid to play the game. It actually comes in a huge. I was too box. stupid, so I did. Well, that bothers. <laughs> But it, it, it comes in a huge box, which I think is the reason it is so rare. Like, it's you, you'll have to look it up later. I will. Uh, there's another example of something like that with Evangelion, where in the movie One Hour Photo with Robin Williams. Oh, yeah, he has the Evangelion toy. He has an angel yeah. from End of Evangelion, in it, and he talks about it as well. It's very strange. It must be deli- Like, why would that be in a toy shop? <laughs> Slipping in a lot of Evangelion references here. I feel like I there's something you want to uh, tell me, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's uh, that's finish off our fun. But uh, what would you recommend a day game, Dave? Dave game? Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I'd recommend the game. It's um, it it still holds up today. Uh, I found myself laughing out loud to it. it, it yeah, the, the writing still holds up very well. It's so strange. Yeah, I think it's more. I think it's very ahead of its time. I think the writing of a game is very appropriate now like i think that get this game could come out today the way it's written it's so um yeah captures the zeitgeist of uh where we are now oh love that love that you, you can tell how many game developers were influenced by the game it's kind of you know how like you know when dark souls came out and everyone was like oh it's like the dark souls of this genre well yeah this is kind of like the dark souls of RPG. No, I'm joking. This is like the uh, like um, <laughs> the soul. It's the first souls. Like the first uh, souls. Like as we know, uh, um, but it, it's obviously influenced the entire game industry. It's one of the best games ever made. If you haven't played it, if you're not a fan of JRPGs, play it. If yep. you know Dave, Dave isn't particularly, but he had a really good time. And I, I, I don't like go crazy into JRPGs. You know, just the old ten every year. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the bits I hate about JRPGs, this manages to avoid doing it, except for the item management, which is the only annoying bit. Get but past the item management. That, Play on like a save state because it makes it a bit better. Yeah. As well, like you don't have to go for. We're not going to judge you. We won't judge you. Uh, I mean, we always do that, but <laughs> for for but anyway, play Earthbound. It's one of the best games ever made. I can't recommend it enough. So, on to the next episode. Um, do you have any idea what I'm going to be recommending for you, Ben? If it's not, uh, if it's not um, Paddington Free, I'm disappointed. I, well, you've beat me to it. We were going to wait for the release of Paddington Free, and then, I was, you know, another three years for this podcast. Um, 
next episode we're back to movies so we'll be doing two movies in a row so i'll be recommending you benjamin watch small soldiers yeah i'm like i've never seen small soldiers i don't know anything about it except that it's like toy story so (laughs) well it's like a dark toy like a messed up toy story it was a big part of my childhood. The, I used to play the game of it, which was in, incredible. It was, uh, Should it was I play the game, game as like a little side mission? To- <laughs> sure, I'll let, I'll let you play a game. I'll play a game so. uh, I'm excited. It's going to be good. But yeah, it's, uh, it was a big part of my childhood. Uh, all the toys I had. I had so many of the toys. Um, it was one of the last roles of uh, Phil Hartman Jr., I believe, as well, who sadly passed away in 1998. But we're both big fans of Phil Hartman Jr. and his work. Jingle all the way, his finest work. Jingle all the way as well, number one. So, yeah, we'll see you next time. It, I guarantee, I promise on Benjamin's life, it will not be a long, <laughs> as long a wait Oh, as no, Dave, the cryo chamber is calling me. <laughs> oh, no. I'm falling into it. Bye. Bye.